I believe what was thrust upon John Knox was learning from Calvin, John Knox being born in the early 1500s. Um, at the same time, you know, Luther and Calvin are writing, Luther and Calvin are ministering. Um, in Scotland, of course, John Knox, and actually, believe it or not, John Knox was a low-level, what some people would call a priest in the Roman Catholic Church, with no real predilection to any kind of uh, quote-unquote rebellion or anything. John Knox is thrust into this because of the martyrdom by the Roman Catholic, the prevalent church in Scotland of the day, and he's seeing people martyred, specifically someone by the name of George Wisher, uh, early Scottish, uh, actually more or less like a Lutheran, Presbyterian not at that point existing. So John Knox views this martyrdom by the Roman Catholic Church, and he's really taken by why are they martyring this, 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 this man? And this man's testifying as he's being martyred, which happens a lot with Scottish, uh, the Scots down through the centuries. And John Knox um, suddenly is thrust into this small leadership role and really joins the Protestant, uh, the nascent Protestant uh, Reformation effort uh, in Scotland. He's, he's rooted out, he's discovered, he spent some time on a French galley. Um, by the Roman Catholics, uh, ends up after that point um, fleeing Scotland and ends up with Calvin in Geneva where he learns the, uh, I guess you would say, the basics of the Reformed faith. Frankly, the fact that it's biblical in the first place, derived directly from the scriptures with no uh, intermediate interpretation, as it were. Um, so John Knox ends up in Scotland in, in this leadership role. And what John Knox is really examining is the role of the Bible and the church and also the role of the scriptures in civil society. Again, the times, in a sense, uh, making the man. Coming along at a time when people are really questioning whether the Roman Catholic Church is the true church in Scotland, or whether there should be another church, whether this Protestant church adheres to the scriptures. And John Knox takes to the pulpit, not being, by the way, a civil governor or magistrate of any type, and takes to the pulpit to preach from the scriptures the doctrines. And my personal opinion is that people figure out pretty quickly that down through the years, they've been ripped off. Well, John Knox is not making friends in high places, um, specifically Mary Queen of Scots, which is one of my little historical studies. And John Knox confronts Mary Queen of Scots. Now, John Knox is actually at that point preventing the genocide of the uh, Protestant believers in Scotland, Mary, uh, Queen of Scots, wanting eventually perhaps to bring an army over and to exterminate Protestantism uh, in Scotland. So John Knox is basically fighting for his life. And the amazing thing about John Knox, of course, is that in his preaching and his teaching, which Mary, Queen of Scots, feared, she said she feared her, his um, praying more than armies uh, being present in Scotland. And eventually, the preaching and teaching of John Knox exceeds to such an extent is that um, they throw off the shackles of Roman Catholicism. They take over the Roman Catholic lands. The best lands have been, been taken over by the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, the the um, leadership of the Roman Catholic Church in Scotland flees Scotland, uh, not so much because of their, of their uh, lives being threatened per se, but, but their, their positions were taken away. And... Scotland becomes a Protestant country almost, I won't say overnight, but over a matter of a few years. And this great, uh, um, this great genocide that could have happened, as it did on the continent, to the believers, the Protestant believers in Scotland, does not take place. But John Knox's great contribution amongst many, and I think his greatest contribution, and I believe that John Knox in many ways— this is going to sound uh, melodramatic. John Knox, in many ways, is the father of the United States. 
John Knox says specifically that a godly people are able to form a government of their own. And that ungodly governments, the edicts of ungodly, tyrannical governments, may biblically and should be biblically resisted, whatever that looks like. And of course, that was the death knell for um, the real beginning of the death knell of the idea of the divine right of kings, which Mary, Queen of Scots, certainly adhered to. I can do anything because I'm the queen. Nobody can question me. As a matter of fact, she asked John Knox a question. She says, who are you to question me? I'm the queen. And John Knox gives this answer, which is, is just, I think, you know, in a one-sentence way, it really encapsulates this whole idea. It really is the beginning of this whole idea of really leads to American independence. He said, I am simply a subject born within the same. In other words, I, as a subject, can question you and can call you into account for the things that you are doing according to, not his ideas necessarily or directly, but according to God's word and God's law. And so that is really the beginning of the Protestant Reformation in Scotland, and that spills over to, of course, um, England at some point, and with that rocky relationship, and I understand that, and really we end up here in Rock Hill, South Carolina, at Ebenezer Presbyterian Church. We are the sons and the daughters of that Protestant Reformation in Scotland, and of, indeed, the Covenanters. So I believe that's his great contribution.